I can say that it is more of a big speed bump. I definitely want to tell you there is a learning and lesson in this and all other interactions that we've had. And we will not let it go without getting that learning and lesson imbibed completely into it. This is an opportunity for Vijay Shekhar Sharma must be a desperate man. His company Paytm was until last week the poster child of India's $50 billion fintech story. Now, it's the industry's biggest crisis case study. Over the last seven days, Sharma and his team have been trying to convince everyone, from analysts to investors to consumers to regulators, that there is nothing fundamentally wrong with their company, that it'll tide over its current problems very soon. In a recent conference call with analysts, he even said that they will make it superior and better than anyone else in the industry. But the bad news just won't stop coming. The Reserve Bank of India has imposed major restrictions on Paytm Payments Bank, citing, and I quote, persistent non-compliance and continued material supervisory concerns. In case no further top-ups or credit transactions will be allowed to those Paytm Payment Bank wallets after February 29th. Paytm, they could land up in serious trouble with the enforcement director perhaps stepping into the matter. Paytm has lost nearly 19,000 crore rupees in market cap in just the last two trading sessions, now trading at 487 a share, not too far away from their all-time low of 438 rupees and down almost 75% from the listing price of 1950 rupees a share. This was a disaster which was in the making since October 23. There was a recurring pattern. Customers were being onboarded, KYC was not being looked at and uh, there was persistent non-compliance. So what was the regulator to do? Why would the regulator turn a Nelson's eye to this? And this, it is expected, will have a demonstration effect on this kind of cowboy style of working, uh, disregarding the diktat of the regulator. A ban on its massive payments bank that handles almost a fifth of the country's phone-based money transfers. Huge stock market losses and a possible probe by India's Financial Crimes Unit. Paytm is in the middle of a nightmare. When will it end? And should other payment companies, also under the regulatory scanner, be worried? What lies ahead for this sector? All of this in today's episode. It's Thursday, the 8th of February. I'm your host, Anirban Chaudhary. This is The Morning Brief. It's been four or five days now, so a lot of things have become clearer. That's Prateek Bhakta, ET's fintech expert. Prateek had spoken to us on the night of January 31st, hours after the RBI barred Paytm Payments Bank from undertaking any banking activity after February 29th. This means no deposits, no credit transactions, no wallet top-ups and no bill payments. In terms of business impact, the backend bank is where all the troubles have started. So Paytm said that they will be moving their banking partnership from Paytm Payments Bank to 
other lenders. What we know is currently Axis Bank, HDFC Bank, and Yes Bank are the three lenders who are in conversation with uh, Paytm Payments Bank. And it will be a business shift. UPI will also continue on the app, but at the rate Paytm handle will cease to function after February 29, unless we hear something fresh from the RBI in the meantime. What does that mean? So that means that uh, if you're making a transaction with the Paytm UPI, in the sense that you're using a Paytm savings bank account, or you're using your handle reads XYZ at the rate Paytm, that handle will become defunct. Fastag and NCMC cards will stop. NCMC is National Common Mobility Card. They will stop, which have been issued by Paytm Payments Bank will stop. And people will have to move onto other banks for their Fastags and etc. On the other end, we also know that the Paytm leadership has met the RBI. There are a lot of conversations happening between the RBI and NPCI, Paytm Payments Bank and other banks. NPCI is National Payments Corporation of India, which runs the UPI ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So without their support, Paytm Payments Bank cannot shift its payment business to the other banks. So that's where NPCI comes in. And the banks are also looking forward to the RBI for direction and clearance to be able to take on the Paytm business. Mind you, there are multiple news reports that are doing the rounds talking about how Paytm was investigated by multiple legal agencies in the past because of certain violations around money laundering and KYC rules, which is like know your customer rules. So banks are also very careful before taking on the Paytm business without RBI's blessing. Do we know what percentage of its transactions right now happen on its own banks and what percentage of on others? No, that is an internal business metric. We do know that there's a massive volume of transactions that happen on Paytm app. During the analyst call that the Paytm management did on Friday, that is the 1st of Feb, they said that around 15 to 20% of their merchants who accept Paytm use the Paytm payments bank in the back end. Okay. But that, okay. that was a ballpark figure that they had shared. And those merchants will have to shift from Paytm payments bank to other banks to be able to continue accepting payments through Paytm. So Pratik, can we say that is the quantum of business that has been impacted because there are no numbers as of now, but anecdotally and of course, through extrapolation and whatever the data that you just gave me? No, the impacted business will be much, much bigger because Paytm has businesses across multiple uh, payment services, for instance, bill payments, even card payments. So, so Paytm is a listed company. It gives out quarterly numbers. As per the latest numbers, that is the December numbers, uh, what we do know is uh, GMV or the gross merchandise value, that is transactions that happen on Paytm was at a, around rupees 5.1 lakh crore. Its monthly active users is around 10 crore. The total number of merchants that use Paytm to accept payments around 3.9 crore. This will be your POS as well as QR codes. And overall, it commands almost around 30% of Fastag payments as per industry estimates. And it is the third largest UPI payment app in the country after PhonePay and Google Pay. This is the broader business figures for Paytm. So how difficult will it be for Paytm to shift to other banks from Paytm Payments Bank? Yes, it will be very difficult in the sense that in terms of precedence, uh, 
we can talk about phone pay which moved mm. its entire business from yes bank to icici bank almost overnight back in mm. 2020 when yes bank was put under an embargo by the rbi but at the same time in case of phone pay it was just payments but in case of paytm it is payments as well as back end bank accounts as well as mobile wallets so it's a much bigger business obviously between 2020 and 2024 now volumes have skyrocketed so payments are happening at a much much larger scale secondly banks themselves are under tremendous stress to manage this growing digital payments ecosystem now imagine suddenly one of the major players in this space disappears and that entire load moves onto the other four five players it will create a stress on the banks ecosystems as well in fact to be very clear paytm cannot move its business from paytm payments bank to one bank it has to move it to at least three banks is what my sources tell me in fact a source of mine inside the company was telling me they are fearing after march 1 there will be multiple transaction failures on paytm because okay. the new banks might not be able to give the similar customer experience as paytm did looking at it from the customer point of view are there many customers whose only upi id is dot you know at the rate paytm because my upi id is connected to my hdfc account which is a salary account but would right. there be a large number of consumers which would have only paytm as it as their upi id and that would be really cumbersome for them especially right so this is a po- point which is extremely valid for you know blue collar workers or hmm. a certain section of the population because i know for a fact that there are multiple people who used to get their salaries into a paytm payments bank account there are companies who were onboarded by paytm and this is i'm talking about in the past it might not have happened very recently because paytm payments bank cannot onboard new customers since 2022 but when paytm payments bank had started one of their major propositions were you know open bank accounts with us where the transaction amount will be lower it is easier to open this account it will be done faster we will provide you digital services etc etc so a lot of blue collar workers or even factory workers were getting their salaries maybe weekly weekly wages for that matter in in a paytm mm. account and there is a high chance that they only had a paytm account to make their daily transactions so while we can't exactly quantify it but there will be a substantial segment of the population which will have at the rate paytm handle only or exclusively so financially i mean this could be a big hit for paytm and only time will tell but it had been doing fairly well right i mean it had narrowed its losses etc said that it would get to a free cash flow status pretty soon let's talk about where paytm was before the fall let's say happened yeah in fact uh, paytm was on a journey to improve its top line as well as its bottom line that is improving its overall revenues as well as controlling its net losses so if you look at the numbers also in december 2023 which is the last financials which paytm declared its operational revenue stood at somewhere around rupees 2800 crore and its net loss was at 222 crore and compare this with a year back in december 2022 when its net loss was more than 390 crore so it was on a journey to control losses it was on a journey towards fiscal discipline but the management has told us that they are expecting somewhere around rupees 300 to 500 crore of hit on their revenues on their earnings after this entire migration and all that 
and it's an annual hit. But these are estimates that the company came out within a few hours of the RBI order. Now here's a rough idea of Paytm's businesses. First is obviously the payments business, its core. Stuff like mobile recharge, bill payments, rent payments, online and offline payments through QR codes and devices. Also, UPI payments facilitated by the Paytm platform. This segment generates revenue through transaction fees and commissions. Next is financial services, which includes primarily Paytm Payments Bank, but also wealth management products like gold savings and mutual funds, insurance and lending products in partnership with other institutions. The other is marketing services, which includes discount deals, gift vouchers and other digital goods like air and entertainment tickets. Paytm also gives cloud computing solutions to businesses, such as infrastructure as a service offerings, payment gateway APIs, and developer tools. I asked Pratik how different businesses of Paytm will be hit because of the RBI's move. The major hit will be in payment services, which is their primary source of revenue. Uh, mind you, Paytm was getting a significant chunk of their revenue from financial services, that is a credit business. The leadership has told us that uh, the credit business will not be impacted. Hmm. But at the same time, they have also said that initially they will stop giving out loans. So they have calculated everything and come to this figure of 300 to 500 crore. But the major hit will come from the payments business. Because as a payment bank, Paytm could do a lot more. Obviously, Paytm also had some business arrangements with Paytm Payments Bank. They said that once they move to some other bank, the business arrangements should remain similar. But again, what industry insiders tell me is given Paytm is in a crisis mode now, the people who will come in to support, they will set up business dealings in a way which is advantageous towards them rather than towards Paytm. One more thing that I wanted to ask you, Pratik. The fact that Mr. Sharma keeps saying that Paytm Payments Bank is at an arm's length. In fact, he said not just arm's length, it's at farm's length. Is Are there doubts on that in, say, the RBI's mind, if I wanted to use that expression? Yes. The Paytm Payments Bank is heavily dependent on 197 Communications run Paytm app for its traffic. While obviously the company has gone on record to say that there is no data sharing between the two entities. And we know in the past, they were hauled up by RBI for not having that wall between the two entities. And perhaps they have gone and built those walls. But the fact that Paytm app remains the entry point into the payments bank has been flagged by industry experts as concerning. The reason that the regulator came out with such a strongly worded notice or a press release on Paytm payments bank on Jan 31 was because of material supervisory things which were continuous in nature, which was something that was not solved over the period of time. Would it just be a matter of time before the app also is indicted in some way or the other? Not really, not really, because a Paytm app is not directly regulated by the RBI. It's a payment bank which is regulated by the RBI. And in fact, the wallet business of Paytm, which was the original business of the company on the basis of which it grew so much, that had been over the last over a period of time transferred to the bank as well. So, so technically, 197 communications run Paytm is just an app. 
In 2018, the RBI had imposed business restrictions on Paytm Payments Bank as a warning. A regulatory inspection in 2022 found inconsistencies in compliance reports that the bank was submitting. Later that year, the RBI, as Pratik said, barred it from onboarding new customers. In October this year, the RBI imposed a fine of 5.39 crore rupees on Paytm Payments Bank because it allegedly did not follow some guidelines on getting and maintaining customer records. In fact, sources have said that Paytm did not conduct proper KYC checks for hundreds of thousands of customers. Many accounts were being operated by individuals who had been penalized or prosecuted by the enforcement agencies. In one instance, according to a source, an account linked to one permanent account number, or PAN, was found to be operating more than a thousand wallets. Also, payment wallets are meant for small transactions, but the fund balance in some were in crores of rupees. Sources have also said that Paytm Payments Bank did not have sufficient systems in place to file regular reports to the Financial Intelligence Unit a finance ministry body that keeps a record of all financial wrongdoing. All financial institutions, especially banks, are supposed to file regular reports to the unit. This they are supposed to do so that the unit can routinely detect money laundering. In the last week of November 2023, RBI wrote to the Enforcement Directorate. It wanted the ED to check whether Paytm had breached foreign exchange management or FEMA regulations. Paytm has said there is no ED probe on it. Now, the biggest casualty in all this has been trust. You see, when you and I deposit our money with an entity, we have no way of knowing it's safe. The only assurance we have is of the law of the land and the regulator that enforces that law. If the regulator itself loses the trust, where would you and I go? Once the trust is broken, it doesn't come back that easily. That is also one of the reasons why the regulators are very strict. That's MC Govardhanarangan or Govi, ET's banking editor. So for Paytm to really get the trust back, two things. Uh, if I am right, the things there are two businesses. One is the payments bank. Other e-com and uh, no, the merchant acquisition. Those businesses that they have, which is an externally great business that they have created, right? So hmm. my guess is that bank's business will be affected and it's going to be quite a while before they are able to fix that and convince RBA that they are in line with what the RBA wants. That's going to be a while. But the other businesses probably which does not involve you keeping your money with Paytm but using its facilities for your other transactions. That may continue very well because the ease, the convenience that it has brought in, that doesn't go away. That remains. It is keeping your money with Paytm. But you can use the Paytm systems and processes with other banks and you can continue transacting. That business may not be affected that much is what my guess is. Sharma and his colleagues recently met Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman and RBI officials to tell them how it will address regulatory issues. Meanwhile, the RBI's move has led to massive concerns not just among payment facilitators but also in the larger tech world. Remember that while Paytm has said it isn't under any ED probe, it is among 365 fintech companies and payment gateways through which allegedly laundered money was passed. 
The transactions were legit, but the money trail led to irregular transactions. Earlier this week, founders of various tech companies wrote to Sita Raman and to RBI Governor Shakti Kantadas, urging him to review and reconsider the RBI decision on Paytm Payments Bank. I asked Srinath Sridharan, a corporate advisor and independent financial services expert, if this episode would have an impact on other fintech companies. The direct answer, Anilban, is uh, yes. The negativity around fintech has just started. So almost anybody who's going to look at fintech, whether let's say there were some companies looking to go IPO later this year, I think now they will have to double sell their entire story. People are going to be circumspect about, are you real? Are you sure? Are you okay? So whether the due diligence is, everything is going to take one more layer of uh, concept selling to them. And even the regulators or let's say the entities working with banks, the fintechs, the banks are going to take one more step uh, backward to say, are you sure? Can we get this checked one more time? Uh, I think this is going to play out in the larger trust ecosystem. And I think that is what fintechs are going to face uh, as a challenge in the short term. And when I say short term, I'm talking about anywhere between 6 to 12 months. Do you think the regulator is being um, excessively cautious? So I think the regulators, the Indian financial regulators uh, are cautious and conservative. And I think it is for our own prudential stability. In this part of, I think the regulator probably has given a very long rope to this entity. Uh, and this I'm going by only the public records, right? Every time RBI has penalized or taken action against this entity, it is in public domain. Uh, I'm not even talking about any of the other allegations that uh, are floating around. It's a pure regulatory action, whether it is penalizing them or asking them to take certain compliance measures are all out in the public domain on the RBI website itself for the last few years. I think from that count, they've got a really long rope. And no, from that point of view, RBI has not been harsh at all, uh, considering that they have far more greater powers if they really want to be harsh. But there have been concerns uh, raised about the fact that the processes of shifting to other banks uh, would be cum- cumbersome. And, and that would reflect on customer transactions as well. So, I mean, uh, I wanted to ask you, isn't this a case of throwing the baby with the bathwater? Uh, not really, um, Anirban. I think the message is very clear. Just because you're important to millions of customers doesn't mean you can actually hold the policymakers and regulators to ransom, especially with non-compliance. And two, I think the confidence that RBI would have thought through a plan B and a plan C in case and very very in case speculatively let's say they're not going to renew the license or they're going to try they're going to shut shop and um, get all of them to port it to another payments bank i think rbi would have a plan b operationally to say how are they going to do it and these are all digital entities they're not brick and mortar physical banks if you look remember the Lakshmi Vilas bank merger with uh, dbs where it had stepped in and uh, written off the equity uh, of one of the uh, bank and merged it into dbs And all these were brick and mortar plus click and mortar kind of um, entities. They had physical branches, depositors. In PMC Bank's case, RBI even gated, did not allow deposits beyond a certain point to be redeemed. But here in this case, I draw your attention to the RBI's notice that was given uh, last week when this entire PTM issue broke out. Was It had said that the customers are free to redeem any amount of money and transfer any balance that they have with Paytm. Which kind And it has not said, unlike in the past, where RBI has taken action against banks, including, let's say, large HDFC Bank, 
for any uh, action they wanted on better digital capabilities it had said that you cannot onboard new customers until such time that you have fixed this in this case uh, the paytm's case rbi has not said any of those it is simply said that you cannot do anything and we are allowing customers to withdraw if they want to so that is where my let's say kind of reading between the lines is it rbi's indication that i'm going to really shut shop so which means it is very very severe and grave and if you go back a 2023 october when rbi had penalized paytm almost all the inputs that rbi given kyc uh, not adequate or anti money laundering or uh, cyber security or data management all these are very serious concerns that rbi has and section 35a gives authority to rbi to intervene uh, in public interest in depositors interest to do almost whatever is needed to be action taken and i think it's a very very serious charge do you think other payment and fintech companies should be concerned about an increasingly tenuous relationship with the rbi so i think others should not be concerned as long as you are towing the regulatory line you are complying with whatever regulations you are governed by in whichever space whether it is payments whether it is uh, the lending side uh, the message is very clear you are fine uh, only when you have compliance lapses then you are going to get into this trouble so i think that is the larger message we need to take the entire narrative probably force fitted by one of the sides that innovation is getting scuttled is not true Uh, this is the same regulator rbi which has actually helped the entire upi ecosystem and the banks to go digital and we saw it out play out during the entire covid uh, lockdown and so we should not worry about innovation at all just keep going uh, ahead with it and this is the same regulator rbi as well as the other financial regulators both sebi and irda have a sandbox approach to regulations being scaled so comfort is yes innovations will continue this is a clear message that irrespective of how innovative or ingenious you are if compliance is a must and that is for the long term market stability financial stability as well as consumer protection and i think that is a good message that we have to take from this here's govi those who are operating in the financial services industry first has to realize that it's uh, somebody else money that you are handling and if you are going to be regulated by either it is uh, RBI or a SEBI or an insurance regulator, IRDAI, you have to be extremely mindful that the regulator is not going to be tolerating misdeeds that in any other industry that undertaken for a long time. So, fintechs come with a lot of innovation, a lot of good ideas. They build some great businesses. Everything is fine, but they should realize that. when you are into financial services that you have to abide by the what the regulator says it is a kind of a lakshman rekha you are not going to cross it if you cross it the consequences are going to be severe i want to talk about a research paper by brett kane a professor of business management i found the paper really relevant to this issue crane makes two moot points one that it's wrong to prioritize one set of stakeholders over another as they are all interconnected an action towards one can and will most likely affect another his second point is that building and sustaining trust is key to a company's survival and growth in paytm's case its steep rise surging volumes financial performance and huge number of esops kept many stakeholders happy 
but the company failed to respond to concerns of another set of stakeholders, the regulators. And that has come to impact a bigger, more critical set, its customers. Many of them may be left in the lurch after February. The regulator's trust on the company has been eroded. And if Paytm doesn't take urgent steps to rebuild that trust, the erosion will spread to its business partners, investors, customers and shareholders. What's more, Paytm is a market leader. So, harsh regulatory intent and moves targeted towards it will have an effect on the entire segment. On the other side, the government and regulators also have to think about who's being impacted by their moves. It doesn't make sense to penalize Paytm if the penalty actually is on us, its millions of customers. After all, the massive growth of entities such as Paytm and PhonePay, so encouraged by the government, happened because they almost brought about a revolutionary change in the way we transact money. Because like all successful startups, they made lives easier for us. Now no one would want that story to be undone. That's all for today. We hope you liked this episode. It was produced by Vinay Joshi and sound designed by Amrit Reji. Do like, share and subscribe to The Morning Brief if it makes you understand stories from the world of money and power a little better and leaves you wanting to know more about them. We come to you with a new episode every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Keep listening. This is your host Anirban Chaudhary wishing you a good week ahead. Thank you. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.